For more than a decade, FTI has strived to become the leader in the aftermarket, performance, transmission, and converter industry. We've joined forces with McLeod Driveline Components under the leadership of Top Fuel Funny Car pilot Paul Lee and now have a larger distribution network, more resources, and more power. Come see us in the pits and ask how you can join the FTI family. It's not cheating. It is the competitive edge. It's time for an inside look at the most powerful motorsport on the planet. WFO Radio, NHRA Nitro. This is WFO Radio. Hey everybody, WFO Radio is on the air live from Gainesville Raceway, the historic 54th annual Amelie Motor Oil NHRA Gator Nationals. And we're going to be on for the next hour or so, maybe even a little extra. Going to check in with some of the drivers. We're out here watching the test. It is going to be mega. The voice of the NHRA, Alan Reinhardt, going to be joining us a couple of moments from now, along with some other special guests. Justin Ashley going to be joining us on the show. Uh, Ron Caps may pass by. Paul Lee may pass by. Austin Proc may pass by, or nobody will pass by. And I will just be here talking to you, taking your comments. Either way, we ask you to share the show because this is how we are kicking off the 2023 NHRA Camping World Drag Racing Series season. Now, before we get started, we got a lot going on. There's the big Josh Hart Fan Fest going on down there in Ocala, Florida. It's about 50 minutes south of Gainesville, but if you're coming from the south, you should swing by and stop by 6 to 9 p.m. and check out Bernie's Speed Shop. It's going to be great. There's going to be food trucks. There's going to be fireworks. There's going to be music. There's going to be all kinds of stuff going on out there at Bernie's. I'm going to be there. Somebody named Don Garlitz is going to be there. A brand new Hall of Famer named Daryl Gwynn is going to be there. Daryl Gwynn's going to be there, right? Daryl Gwynn is going to be there. Did you see Daryl get inducted into the Motorsports Hall of Fame of America last night? Wow. How emotional was that? He brought down the house. But coming out to Bernie's Speed Shop, here's the list. Josh Hart, Don Garlitz, Cruz Pedregon, Spencer Massey, Frank Hawley, Daryl Gwynn, a guy named John Force, who has won the Gator Nationals eight times, and Robert Height, all going to be out there at Bernie's tonight. So plan on being there. Come on down. Bernie's Speed Shop, American Classic Horsepower. And I'm going to check out those drivers, but I'm also going to go crawling all around Bernie's and see what's up and what kind of capabilities they have in their 100,000-square-foot place. If you're coming to Gainesville, make this a big part of it. Mention just naturally going to be on the show. I want to tell you about the folks at Phillips Connect. If you're in the transportation industry, smart trailer technology, it's as simple as that. The more connected you are, the safer you are, and the more on time you are. They've got load sensors, light sensors, brake sensors, wheel hub sensors uh, to keep you safer and more connected. Go to phillips-connect.com to find out more information. Or if you want to reach out to me, WFO Joe, that's fine. Joe at WFORadio.com. And we'll be hearing from Justin on this show. FTI Performance Transmissions into Land, Florida. We do well with the Florida-based companies. Oh, yes. FTI, Paul Lee going to be joining us on this show. Certainly, hopefully he is out here testing, ran in the 390s already. But if you're looking for a dot .90 transmission, a power glide, Pro Modified, FTI has just announced the FTI challenge in Pro Modified. Combination of reaction time and elapsed time to get a bonus check 
Really cool. We'll be telling you more about that throughout the season and throughout the year. But big things happening, FTIPerformance.com. Check out their website. Total Seal Piston Rings, two, not one, but two trackside tech talks going on here at Gainesville. So if you're coming out, the tech talk is free with your ticket. You can come into Matt Hartford's pit. You can learn about ring seal as simple as that. So much information is shared. So when you put together your engine, like I am putting together my engine. And if you've been following, you know that the, the thing has become a little more challenged. We'll get into that later when Reinhardt comes on, I'll share the news with him, but totalseal.com come out to the trackside tech talk. Friday, 11, Saturday, 9.30 a.m., totalseal.com. And the folks at Foggit, yes, Foggit. If you have a high-performance racing engine, don't be like me. Store it properly. That's right. You want to spray it with a little Foggit down the Venturis into the spark plug holes. If you're going to put it away for the night or if you're going to put it away for the winter, folks at Foggit, go to fogit.com to find out more information. Gary Stinnett, Steve Williams got a home run of a product for racers, firearm owners, and anyone that is trying to slow the corrosion that goes on inside your racing engine. Not to mention our great friends at samtech.edu. They are a big part of this thing too. Frank Hawley's Drag Racing School. Frank, man, that was a big part of the Daryl Gwynn uh, Hall of Fame induction last night. Stories about Frank and Marvin Rodak, 817-924-6821. We've got a second cam so we can check out the track. A little pedal job out there by the red factory stock Camaro. And uh, we are going to be all over this deal. But it's time to bring on our first guest. That's right. We're going to bring on our first guest who is hopefully soon to be a top fuel racer in the NHRA. And it's my job. Like I'm going to try to will it to happen. She is the FIA world record holder, Miss Ida Zetterstrom. Joining me now. What's up, Ida? Welcome to Gainesville. How are you? Hi, thank you. I'm very good. Thanks for having me. So what is your record over there? Get me up to speed. The record in Top Fuel, you're the ET record holder. What is the elapsed time record over there? 378. 378. So you guys are picking up the pace over there. That's pretty exciting. And you were at the U.S. Nationals last year, and you've been showing up more and more, getting me and others hopeful that we're going to see you on a regular basis or a semi-regular basis out here in the NHRA. So why don't you share it with the WFO universe out there? What is your plan? Yeah, I'm working on it. I don't have anything done for here, but I definitely have a goal and a dream to be over here one day. And the the first step of the plan is to try and start in a few events over here. My my hopes are that I can make that happen at the end of the year to be at a few of the events, uh, maybe run a, two events at the end of, of your series, which is after my series has ended over in Europe. So that's the first step I'm working on. And then I'll try to use that as a stepping stone to be over here more. Now there is a uh, you know precedent the, the Johnny Lindberghs of the world. Uh, there is kind of a, a a beaten path already from y your home country. It's it's fin Finland or Sweden or what is the what is the official? Yeah, I'm born in Sweden. Uh, I live on an island that is Finnish, so I'm half Swedish, half Finnish. Uh, I raced for Finland the last couple of years, but Sweden before, and I'm actually going to race for Sweden this year again. So I'm a little bit half and half. <laughs> well, I, I nailed it, right? Exactly. And we've got everybody out there chat in the chat section weighing in, of course. Uh, Ida, how did you get into drag racing? Like, what was the start? What is the road for someone to get interested in into drag racing over there in Finland and Sweden? 
Oh, for me, it started way early. I was three weeks old when I was at the track my first time. My, my dad and my family has been into it for a long time. Uh, my dad was working with uh, several teams, engine builder. Um, so I, I've just been around it for a very long time. I started when I was eight. My dad built me a Uni Dragster, and that's where we started. Uh, then we switched up to a modified Uni Dragster at the age of 12. I did that until I was 16. And by 16, I licensed in Supercomp Dragster. Uh, I was without a ride for a few years before I got back into competing again uh, but then on the bike side of stuff so i've done super street bike for about six seven years uh, and that's basically where i have had most of my success uh, going into top fuel after that but smashing the gas on a top fuel dragster like there i've never done it explain it i love to hear different explanations of that intense experience accelerating zero to 120 miles an hour less than a second nothing can prepare you for it explain to the audience out there what is it like to you it's like nothing else and just like you say it, it, it's hard to explain it uh, stamping on the glass just that is a moment of beauty itself but then when the clutch locks up i mean that's where you really you know find just heaven <laughs> so that's when the clutch clock, clock, well, sorry, when a clutch locks up, that's where everything just keeps on going. And when you thought that it was hard when you started or like when that it accelerated hard in the start, you can just double it basically when clutch locks up and then it just keeps on going. And what I love is that it just never stops accelerating. Like it just always want to keep on going and I'm all there for it. <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay. So we want you here full time, obviously. And uh, hopefully somebody out there, you know, wants to start a marketing partnership with you and we're trying to make that happen. But the NHRA tour, you've been out here a lot though. You've been spending a little time. I think you were hanging out with the Salinas family out there in Indy and others. Um, the perception of NHRA from abroad to being in the pit area, being in the middle of it all, are they uh, on par? Or is it what you expected it would be? Is it bigger? Is it not as big? Give me your assessment of what your experience has been in Camping World Drag Racing the past couple of years. Yeah, I was at a, my first uh, NHRA Drag Race when I, in 2019. That was the first time I w went. So I haven't been to that many, but it was just like I imagined. It was really big. Everything was you know huge over here. The crowds, the teams, the performance, everything is big. And European drag racing is absolutely fantastic. But this is just next level. Like there's more competitors. Uh, we're running even better numbers. The tracks are fantastic. And everything that I love to do in Europe, this is just like adding even more to it. And that's what drives me to get over here. And just like you, you just like we have talked about before, like being around the best in the business, that's how you become the best in the business. So like if you want to evolve and be a better driver, be a better racer overall, you have to surround yourself with the top of the line and the top of the business. And that's what NHRA are doing with the top fuel program here and everything they're doing. Everything is, you. I mean, if you look at it in Europe, we have um, like five FIA events. I have eight events I'm going to run fully this season, but five of them is like uh, competing for the championship. While over here, you guys have 22, 23 events, 21. Yeah. So, I mean, it's when I say that I have a season under my belt, it's nothing for you guys. That's not even a half of a season. So if you want to be the best at what you do, you want to come over here because I want to see time. I want to experience. I want to line up against all the others that are the, the greatest of the sport. And yeah, that's just how it feels when I'm around the pit here. Like the atmosphere is just that everything is huge and 
top-of-the-line. line. <laughs> it really is, and this weekend is going to be unbelievable, the kickoff to the 2023 Camping World Series season, the Gator Nationals. This is one of our biggest events. Have you been to this event in the past? Yes, this is actually my, three, my third time I'm here. Uh, so the other times I've been here, it has been a little bit of a rain situation, but, you know, three times is a charm, so... I'm, I have my fingers crossed for this one. Me too. Me too. We want everybody to share the show out there, of course. Tell me about the FIA tracks. I, I know about Santa Pod. Obviously, we've got some great friends over there. But when you run that tour, uh, I, I know Hockenheim is a track, and there's some some really interesting facilities, and they party, and it's there's tailgating. And explain the FIA drag racing scene because it certainly looks very fun. And I know many of our WFO listeners out there because of the internet, they log on and they check out what we're doing. I definitely want to check out what you guys are doing so give me the vibe of uh, fia drag racing yeah and just like you said that's that's one of the things i definitely love about european drag racing there's there's huge crowds when we actually go to the events and like you say everybody partying having a good time just loving the sport and usually there's only one or two events a year in each country that that runs you know the, the top fuels and everything so people definitely come from all over the country and even from countries around just to see that event which means that i mean when we ran hockenheim i think we had eight thousand people on a weekend so that's massive crowds and we do the night shows where we run late at night you know in the dark and you can see the bunny ears of the top fuels and the jet cars and everything wait, wait what'd you call it bunny ears yeah <laughs> you know like the head of flames head of flames we call it like nightwing yeah, is what yeah. we we call it right nightwing header flames bunny ears <laughs> yeah yeah that's uh, yeah that's what we have, have said at least before like bunny ears but yeah that's that, that's a cool thing and like the atmosphere over there is fantastic and we run in in sweden um we have exhibition runs in norway the norwegian crowds are usually really great too the team i run for is actually norwegian owned so it's like coming to a home track basically when we get there and then we have the hockenheim races we run in sweden and of course like you said the santa pod races uh, they track is really good there we usually see fantastic performance and and huge crowds and everybody is happy walking around having a beer enjoying the show and yeah i, I really do love that we've got to grow it we want to grow drag racing worldwide is what we want to do now you said something that intrigued me a little bit that you're going to race for finland or race for sweden this year explain that is that an fia thing where you have to like rep a country yeah, actually you do. So you, the country you have your license in, that's like the flag you're running underneath. Uh, and since I'm half Swedish, half Finnish, I've had a little bit of an issue what to choose. I live on a Finnish island. I do have a Finnish passport, but I don't speak Finnish. And since I'm born in Sweden and I t speak Swedish and it's, you know, I've run for Sweden before, that's what I'm going back to because it's easier for me to kind of align myself with the Swedes talking their language. Everybody understands me when I speak Swedish. And yeah, you know, I'm a little a little half and half. But <laughs> but yeah, this year I choose Sweden to run for. Excellent, excellent. So concrete plans for this year. Uh, you were telling me uh, a couple of days ago, you were down at the uh, ProMod race in Bradenton. And that, you know, there have been some opportunities, but you're, you're, you're trying to be strategic with selecting your opportunities. Uh, that's got to be difficult because you want to drive a car. And people are maybe offering their cars, but you want to pick the right car so that when you get in that car, you can showcase your talents and abilities as opposed to, uh, you know, dealing with a difficult situation. That's got to be a tough balance. 
Yeah, and it's a lot of aspects coming into play for, for that because uh, even though you might be able to offer, been offered a ride that it's cheaper than to run for one of the bigger teams, uh, if you aren't able to show that you can qualify or that you can run well, I still have to find marketing partners and, you know, brands to to align myself with for this and to be able to offer them something uh, where we might not qualify or we know that we don't have a car that should run strongly enough to, to go around. Uh, I don't have a lot to offer for you know my marketing partners so that's that's what i'm looking most into like i want to be i want to be with a team where i feel like i have a, a good car good people around me and a car that i know that if i do my job i'm going to be able to qualify and we should be able to go rounds i do understand that it's very hard to get into you know one of the top teams right away and i'm used to having to work my way up but i do want to have good equipment around me good people around me and to be able to show my partners that we have a good shot and that i'm gonna look make them look good that's what it's all about so well, you're doing a great job already. We wish you the best of luck. If there's anything we can do at WFO, please come back. Keep us up on what you've got going on. We would love to see you out here uh, part-time, full-time in the NHRA. And uh, to me, it's all about growing the sport of drag racing. When we can bring in our brothers and sisters from whatever, we're all family in, uh, in drag racing. And so good luck. Have fun this weekend. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you very much. There she goes, Ida Zetterstrom with us here on WFO Radio. Yeah, handheld mic. This is WFO Lite. I packed it in a briefcase. And get ready for whiplash, guys. Here it comes. Right? Whiplash. Alan, tough act to follow right there, Alan. Ida Zetterstrom. But listen, Reinhardt has lost 50 pounds, and we didn't amputate a leg or anything. But this guy is like a different person. Couldn't tell on the live stream from uh, your shop. But, man, look at this guy. What happened? That is amazing. What's up, AR? How are you? Well, let's see. I have to try to follow that. Um, she's prettier than I am. Yep. She's more accomplished than I am. Yep. She's better spoken than I am. Yep. She's smarter than I am. Yep. Why am I here? Because you're the voice of the National Hot Rod Association, Alan. That's right. That's right. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I agree. But see, that's um, for me. I love our sport. You know that. We, we got to find her a deal. Like there should be someone out there that says, man, that's a really great opportunity for all of the things, reasons you just said. She's a great, she's a good driver. She's well-spoken. She's uh, got a hundred things going for her and she wants to be here so badly. That is exactly what corporate uh, America and international corporations need. WFO worldwide. WFO worldwide, baby. We're already worldwide and we're trying to like, I don't know, check in the pockets. How many, uh, how many more of those you got to sell to uh, get her out here? A lot, but they are on sale right now. Like you can get this shirt for like 16 bucks, right? Yeah, I'm repping my own gear. People are liking it, by the way. They're liking the fire shirt. You should rep your own gear. Why shouldn't you? I'll sell you this shirt for 500 you know, Self-addressed stamped envelope and cash, and I'll even wash it if you want. Do the proceeds go to Ida? No. Oh, well, then there it is. All right. <laughs> well, exactly. All right, everybody out there, I see all uh, – checking in and saying what's up, whether it be Justin or Monica or everybody is out there. I'm not going to be as engaged as I am because I got to hold the microphone. Normally the mic holds itself, but uh, all right, here we go again, except we're starting the season in Gainesville for the second time. Uh, this is the first time under what I would call normal circumstances. It's the 54th Gator Nationals. We got a lot of extra stuff going on with the Pep Boys all-star call out and just everybody, Pro Mod, everybody starting here at the Gator National. So just give me the 50,000-foot view as we get ready to go again. Uh, give us good weather, and we'll take it from there. You know, last year when we came in here and spent three days getting flooded uh, and then really didn't get 
the whole Gator Nationals experience. And I hated it for the fans. I hated it for the competitors, for, you know, the, the guys that come in here with a one qualifying session or, you know, in some cases, Pro Stock Motorcycle, no qualifying sessions. Uh, that just isn't right. So the weather looks like it's uh, much more promising this year. The racetrack's in great shape. The fact that they have had the pro teams in here testing for the last couple of days. The Baby Gators last week was a big success. So I'm looking for uh, I'm looking for a good kickoff. I think that uh, I think there's a lot of people that left here last year feeling like they had some unfinished business at the Gator Nationals. And obviously, there's a bunch of new news and a bunch of things coming out that we're all going to be uh, uh, making a splash with this week. So it uh, should be a big one. Baby Gators, give me a little breakdown, rundown. I was down at the World Series of Pro Mod in Bradenton. That was amazing. Uh, Spencer Hyde won $100,000. It was so interesting to me because there are so many really quick and fast race cars that I, I knew nothing about a lot of these guys. And so I was able to expand my knowledge and they, they knew, you know, NHRA and they knew me and it was fun to, to watch them. But uh, we all had our eye on what was going on here, you know, back and forth, checking out the live stream, watching what's going on here. I know you guys had a little weather, but uh, give me a little baby Gators uh, post report. Well, I think one of the biggest stories out of here was the alcohol dragster thing, you know, 19 cars on the property trying to qualify for eight spots. Um, and, Julian Addison ended up winning the thing, right? Big surprise of Randy Meyer car. But Summer Richardson made her debut in Alcohol Dragster, qualified. Uh, she ended up actually racing Julian in the first round, so she had her short day. Uh, Cody Crone made his second ever start. He had also run down in, uh, in um, Louisiana at No Problem Raceway, but got his first round win against Tony Stewart. So big day for him. But it was really good racing in the Alcohol Dragster ranks. Uh, in Alcohol Funny Car, Matt Gill looked like he had the best car when he unloaded, and he ended up leaving with the trophy. So I'm certainly he's going to make the argument that he had the best car all weekend. There were a couple of them that kind of were closing the gap as the weekend went on, but uh, the competition was pretty stout there as well. It was just top to bottom a really good race. We had uh, one on-track incident, um, but the driver was able to get out walk away. So that's, you know, the most important thing. But other than that, not a lot of cleanup, not a lot of downtime, you know, a little weather issue on Saturday, but it was really – a pretty solid race. Class eliminations, which is always fun. Uh, it was a really a solid race. Yeah. I'm to figure out who's driving Scott Palmer's car. Uh, top dragster racer working on his crew. His name is escaping me right at the second, but I met him out there because Scott was part of the uh, Pro Mod race. And uh, McLean, I believe his name, Jacob McLean. Uh, don't quote me on that, but he was uh, he is getting his first laps in a top fuel dragster right now. He's going to be part of the crew. All year long, he's going to run some races and run on Monday in some cases. And he's got eyes on being uh, in, in top fuel when when Scott can't. And uh, what a nice kid. You know, it's a, it's a bummer that I'm just uh, spacing on his name right now. But we even talked this morning. And he said, he's like, wow, man, I'm, I'm really feeling it. And so we're seeing him out there on track right now on our second cam. And uh, that's exciting. But you know what? Uh, you know, good looking young kid. Same deal as as Ida, right? Like, man, if we could get a sponsor for each one of these people who are going to be a quality race car driver, we'll be in really great shape. Yeah, I think the sport's in a good place right now. You know, the uh, the television coverage is strong. The crowds have been strong. Um, the interest from outside of the normal drag racing world has been strong, and I think that's something that gets other people taking a look. So, you know, hopefully some of these young up-and-coming um, future stars will have an opportunity to get out there and, and sell themselves and, and make something happen because you know, we'll always take more cars out here. Yeah, well, definitely take more cars out here. So let's stay with this uh, shot as we get ready to send Nitro down. The, you know, smelling Nitro for the first time. Oh, look, Ben Blomberg is out there. He had a good run a couple weeks ago in Top Sportsman. 
Congratulations. Best of luck to all the internationals racers, says he. All right, here we go. Call it, Alan. Yeah, washed out a little bit, pushed over towards the wall, and he lifted just past the 330-foot mark. I'm not sure um, you know, where he is as far as in the licensing process, how far he was trying to go, but I think they did you know, what they needed to do, come up and go through the routine, get the thing to make a launch a little bit soft, but get it to go down the racetrack. That's the key. You just need to get experience. And, you know, having run top dragster and all, sometimes I wonder, you know, how are people going to handle a situation like that? Well, the car started to go to the wall. He lifted off the throttle. That is, uh, to me, experience and intelligence and wisdom when you're out here on the racetrack. you got to show everybody that you know when to step off, not only when to step on. Uh, did you happen to see the, any of the Daryl Gwynn induction last night at the Motorsport Hall of Fame of America? I know you were there last year. DG went in last night. I happened to find it on the stream and was like tweeting it out to everybody. It was really emotional, and there were a lot of drag racers there. Uh, any, uh, You were there last year. That's a pretty crazy experience. Well, the Motorsports Hall of Fame of America is huge. And yes, it's a, you know, it's like, like Terry Vance told me last year, there's a lot of horsepower in this room. I did not see it. I'm going to go, I'm going to have to go back and look it up. I was kind of uh, texting along with Larry Dixon last night, who was a Motorsports Hall of Fame America member and who was down there, who was part of it. So I haven't had a chance to see it, but uh, I will definitely go back and take a look. Yeah. When I was down there last year, uh, I did the induction for Vance and Hines. And after I left the stage, the guy that walked up behind me was Roger Penske. <laughs> and I'm going, yeah, there's a lot of horsepower in this room. Really, it really was. Uh, I watched the stream. It's out there on the web, guys. You can check it out. Uh, you know, Daryl was awesome and, until he said, uh, he shouted out to Linda Vaughn. He's like, Linda, you got me through high school. All righty then. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and I think there was like a, a quiet chill over the room. Like, is he saying what I think he's saying? And the answer, you know, is left to everybody else out there. Uh, good stuff. Let's talk pro stock. They're down there testing in Bradenton. Right here, we've got nitro cars and we got factory showdown cars, which is kind of interesting because the prep is uh, similar, I guess. Uh, it is similar. You know, the, the factory showdown cars like almost a radial prep, which is a little over the edge for what you would normally do for a nitro car, top fuel or funny car. But what they're doing here, which is pretty common uh, at a lot of racetracks when they go testing, one lane is prepped for Nitro, and the other lane is prepped for the factory showdown, guys, so everybody can kind of get what they need. There have been times, like down in Las Vegas, where they would prep one set of lanes for Nitro cars, one set of lanes for Pro Stock. Um, so, again, so everybody can kind of get what they need, and that's what they're doing here. Excellent. A lot of changes in factory showdown, by the way. Like, uh, you know, the team that was in DSR has kind of been dissolved and those drivers have gone in their own directions and mark powick is now running out of the libisher trailer with barton power it's just uh, very interesting we've taken the etch-a-sketch and really shaken it up i learned a little bit about it uh last uh, last week and there's a lot of interesting stories aj burge is tuning a whole bunch of race cars oh look there goes kevin mckenna in the background kevin won the nmca race down in orlando this guy is pretty amazing every time he gets behind the wheel of a car he like wins it of course he did. I mean, you don't even have to look that up. Hey, there was an NMC. Was Kevin there? Yeah, okay. Who won the other classes? It's true. It's amazing. This guy is like drag and drive, and he's NMCA and everything. All right, so we got next one on track. I don't know who that is. That better uh, be, uh, that better be uh, the parts plus driver. Yeah, because there's Jim O. Yep. Jim Oberhofer, Clay Milliken. I guarantee you this. He's got a smile on his face. Woof. Rattled them loose out there about 100 feet or so. And there you have it. 
but he does have a smile on his face because he's Clay Milliken. We've seen Clay a couple of times. Clay Milliken bought a 2006 Pontiac GTO with 1300 some odd miles on it. Like that's amazing that that car even existed. It's like a triple collectible and uh, you know, no Holden, no Pontiac, like that doesn't exist anymore. They made very few and he got his, 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 uh, his hands on it. Pretty amazing. Yeah. He's going to do an LS swap. I understand. <laughs> exactly. Speaking of uh, bad news, you want to see uh, the latest information on project Pontiac? Bad news. Yeah. I'm going to put the photograph on the screen for everybody to see. Um, you'll probably be able to see it right there. Uh, the, the whole block is cracked everywhere. The block is junk. It's a boat anchor. Project Pontiac stumbles out of the gate, and we got we got to find a block, Alan. Well, you should be able to find a block. We'll find a block, but it would have been so much easier if we didn't have to find a block. Well, at least you found that out before you needed a block and a crank and pistons and rods and all the rest of it. I was trying to be encouraging. There was at least three or four times last week during the baby gators when I sent a closed circuit message to a stented automotive and racing to turn the damn stream off and get to work on Joe's engine. So I don't know if it helped or not, but I tried. I think it might've, because that's when I got the photographs. I looked down and I saw Gary's working on, you know, pulling it apart. And uh, I look down and I see, oh, photos from Gary. This is going to be so exciting. And I blow them up and, and then I'm like, oh, no. And it's, you know, it's cracked all over the place. But uh, so here's a quick theory, though, just so you understand. Um, we have factory motor mounts that are welded, so they're solid. But I've talked to several people like motor plate, mid plate. We do not have a motor plate in a mid plate and all that torsional pressure on the Pontiac block. Uh, several people have suggested that that could be why they cracked. This is the second experience we've had with this. Okay. I'm not being a Pontiac expert. I will, uh, I will take your word for it, but, uh, who, who makes aftermarket Pontiac blocks? Does Indy? No, no. They, uh, Kaufman makes one all Pontiac makes one. There's a couple of companies that do, but they are really expensive. <laughs> and, uh, there are other issues too. Like, uh, you know, I don't want to talk about, uh, castings just yet, but I've been doing the research, put it that way, doing the research, digging down, digging into it to find out exactly what's happening. We talked in depth. Yeah. Look at Dujanet. He's like, man, that stinks. Everybody's been so supportive. Meanwhile, you got Mike Salinas out there on track. Talk to Mike this morning. He says they got some new parts, new pieces, and they're excited. He right off the trailer. He went to 60. Let's see what he goes right here. Pointed left, went left, put a cylinder out, and they shut it off. That's I what somebody should send. I think somebody should send you a block. I mean, Joe's birthday's coming, and it's only uh, wait, what is it, two hundred and ninety-six days till Christmas? Yeah, I, somebody send Joe a block. All aluminum, please. Yeah, of course, That's like mine. Right. Yeah, piece of cake. We're gonna figure it out, right? Like without a challenge, like it's not a good story. The whole thing about the project Pontiac was that it's gonna be a story. We're gonna do a build project. You can't have a build project without a block, without a block, and without some sort of negative stumble. So uh, Jeff says he's like, I I might have it, right? I've had a couple of people already offer it up. So we're gonna see how that goes. I want to spend a little time talking pro stock. Erica Enders, Richard Freeman were down there with the mountain motor thing at the pro mod race. But as soon as that uh, wrapped up, they pulled the 500 cubic, cubic inch stuff post posted on uh, our Instagram reels an interview with Chris McGahey. That was interesting because speaking of you always joke about the voodoo doll and having a seance and everything. That's what they needed. They have gone back to the car that they shelved last year, halfway through the season. Cause it was a great mystery. They're trying to figure it out. 
been to one test already. Mason's car, new look for Mason's car, by the way, just uh, some different color stripes. Um, he says that one's running pretty good, but they're still chasing his car. And I don't know what's going on down there, um, but we'll see. But that's a team that we need them to do well. Otherwise, we got, you know, 15 of the 16 cars coming out of two camps. Well, McGay is fun because he's kind of an antagonist. And, uh, you know, he's certainly has not been afraid to create some ripples over there in the pond. And that just makes it more fun. You know, the, the fact that I don't think he and Richard Freeman exchange Christmas cards, even though they're both from down in the division four area have raced each other along a long time. And it's, it's more fun when he's out there and he's being competitive and he's being the antagonist. So hopefully they'll be able to get it squared away. But yeah, there's, you know, there's, there's so much that can happen that'll create just, chaos in a pro stock car um not like you know it's like you almost wish it would just burn to the ground so then you could know you're starting over but trying to find whatever that stupid little thing is um and it's you know i've seen guys go 30 40 50 runs and then go i can't believe it we didn't check that well you did check it 16 times it just checked okay the last 15 so hopefully they'll get it squared away but it's uh it's more fun when they're running well Michael Heiner was down there and, you know, they had a problem similar to that, that as they've been chasing for two years and Derek Kramer was like, I feel great because I ended off the season feeling that we had found it and we had actually found it. Like finally we had actually found it. And so Michael had said that everything that he had tested over the last two years now has to be tested again because uh, they have gotten to the core of the issue and all the things that he was trying to fix it. We don't know if they worked or not. So that's, I guess, good thing. Um, but they got a lot to try. Well, there's a reason everybody in Pro Stock has got such a big collection of headers and manifolds and other stuff laying around because you try it and it doesn't work. Well, you don't throw it away. I mean, just put it over there on the shelf and then you go this, 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 and then maybe you change a camshaft and you go, well, let's try that again. Well, let's try that again. Well, let's try that again. And if you've been chasing a gremlin in the car, then you legitimately don't know if that clutch setting that we took a couple of swings at, well, is it really better now that the car is fixed? Um, that four link setting, is it really better now that the car is fixed? So you do have to go back and you have to try all that stuff all over again. That's why, uh, that's why pro stock is so much fun. And that's why they spend so much time testing because you simply don't have enough runs at the national events. You have to get out and make the test runs. Sean Langdon on track. Doug Coletta's car looks awesome. I had uh, taken some photographs, guys. I had intended on putting the photos on the screen, but ran out of time. Um, but, man, Doug's car looks awesome. Running the canopy. I don't know about Sean. I, don't, I didn't see it. No canopy for Sean. No, at least it wasn't yesterday. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of them that have new looks, and some of them are just kind of subtle but big changes. Like Antron Brown's car looks very different, but it looks very good. Uh, and it's going to take, uh, take a race or two to get used to just first glance and not have to do a double take. Uh, pretty close to uh, what Salinas did. Got out there just past 100 foot, kind of drove its way into smoke. But uh, it's practice, practice, practice. Coming up at one on one o'clock now. So it's uh, the heat of the day. It is hot out there. And uh, this is going to be interesting. But, you know, Sunday, all right, we're going to be live on Big Fox right before the NASCAR race, kicking off the season, the 54th Amelie Motor Oil NHRA Gator Nationals, the first race of the season. Like, this is big. I love the fact that we've had this long test leading into it. So everybody is going to be, should be ready to go when we uh, we like cars on Sunday morning. Yeah, and kudos to the, to the NHRA brass for making the decision to allow the testing to happen here. You know, there was a rule in place for so many years 
that you could not test on a national event track within a week or 10 days leading up to. And just because of the way the world is now, from an economic standpoint, from a travel standpoint, from everything else, to allow the teams to come down here, get set up, do their testing, test on the track they're going to race on. It's open to everybody. So, you know, it's not an unfair advantage. Gee, only the guys that have $10 billion budgets can come down to do it. But I think it's also going to make for a better show because the teams will come in here Friday for Q1, not coming in going, okay, let's you know tiptoe through this a little bit, but coming in here with a little bit of confidence on what they're going to get from the racetrack and being ready to jump on it. Ron Caps, world champ in Funny Car, hopefully going to be joining us here in a few minutes. You know, I went through the pits. I asked him, hey, come upstairs if you can. But if you can, I totally understand it, right? Like that's the, the kind of thing. But he, this guy is going for three championships in a row in uh, hockey if you score three goals in a game it's a hat trick they're calling it the caps trick if they were able to do it yeah he rolled his eyes i'm just reading from the press release okay but uh you can't say three pete because pat riley like immediately rings the register but that would be something special that would they've got some changes on the team madeline has retired t buck has moved up to that position some guys have moved around but clutch has stayed the same and uh, they've got all the same parts and pieces that have won the championship two years in a row. Give me your outlook for Ron Caps here in 2023. Why don't they call it a force Pete? He's, he did it first. The force Pete? Yeah. That's when you win four or three. Well, they said Caps Pete. I mean, John's won three in a row. It's not unprecedented. I think it's going to be a battle. I mean, you look at everybody in funny Corps. Of course it was last year too, but like we talked about last week, I think, Robert Height and that team has got a little bit of a chip on their shoulder because they feel like they gave it away last race of the season. Um, you know, Matt Hagen, I think, ditto. I think they feel like they were in a position to win the championship and maybe gave it away the last couple of races of the season. I think Tim Wilkerson's got something to prove with having, you know, the extra budget out there and the stuff now that he doesn't have any excuses about, you know, why I can't go lean on my stuff, why I can't do what the other guys are doing. And, you know, Cruz Pedregon car, he he would have liked to start Gainesville the day after Pomona last year, the way that thing was running. I don't think he slowed down any, you know, Lee Beard's here with the team this week while they're testing. So he looks like he's good and ready to go. The, you know, the Coletta guys are going to have a chip on their shoulder. There's a, there are so many cars out there that are tired of hearing about Napa and caps that, uh, you know, you got a target on your back when you got the number one on your car. When you back it up, you've got a bigger target on your back. Austin Proc on track as we speak. And that's kind of an interesting story. Spoke with Daryl Gwynn last week, and we were talking about Chris Cunningham. And he is a product of Miami Hollywood Speedway. He's a product of the Gwynn team. He's a product of South Florida. And he's getting, you know, what I, I deem to be his, his biggest and best solo opportunity to go out there and lead this team along with Joe Barlam. Let's see what Austin does on track here at Gainesville. Pretty solid. I'd like to see the incremental numbers, but it definitely looked good. 3801 on the scoreboard. For those of you that can't see that, 326 miles an hour. Uh, one of the cars that did take it all the way to the stripe. A lot of guys are out here really only making like 660 runs anyway. So, you know, the numbers that come up on the scoreboard aren't always uh, conducive of what the team's working on or what they're trying to do. But I, I like we talked about a couple of weeks ago, I'm really interested to see the changes that were made over there at John Force Racing. You know, they had a very strong car. They being Austin Prox team had a very strong car through the countdown at the end of the season last year, made a big move in the points after, you know, limping in, so to speak. Um, and, you know, Robert's car was very strong last year. 
and the fact that they you know split up the brain trust on robert's car to try to shore up austin's car i think is an interesting move um and they did you know basically the same thing as far as um with britney's team uh, taking max savage off and, and moving him over so it'll be very interesting to see you know they had two teams that really i think achieved at the level that they expected and they had two teams that didn't quite uh, for season long so they made some adjustments over there and it'll be it'll be very interesting for me to watch the first five six seven races a year when everybody kind of gets acclimated to their new home well that's one of those decisions that i think is just totally results-based right if they go out there and they perform really well everyone's yeah man they're geniuses and if they don't they're going to say, why did you break up something that was working? Uh, it's going to be, again, that's why we watch. That's why we check out the this, this series. Max Savage now on Forces Car. We'll see exactly how it all works out. But uh, really interesting. And uh, I'm just excited to be going again, Alan. Like it was a, the extra break made us more intense about going out there and racing. But I think that it's a good, it's good to really want to start. Well, it's definitely good for me because as a contractor, uh, when I'm not racing during the winter break, my income falls off considerably. Uh, my outgo doesn't, uh, especially with Project Cuda and with, you know, Project Allen's an idiot. So let's buy this or, hey, look at something shiny. Uh, so for me, it's good to, one, get back to work and have some money start coming back this direction. And two, to not be home where I can just see shiny stuff and start ordering it. I agree. I agree. All right, here we go. Cruz Pedregon on track. Won the finals now at In-N-Out Burger Raceway, and it's going to be the In-N-Out Burger Finals. I can't wait for that. Like right now, Alan, we are starting the season, but in the blink of an eye, we're going to be there. It's going to be the craziest thing. I'm sure we'll be talking and saying, I can't believe we're here in Pomona at the finals. Um, but Cruz, like that was one of the more dominant performances we've seen. Well, you know, don't forget, we'll be in Pomona in a couple of weeks. You know, in Gainesville, it seems like it'll be forever before we get to Pomona, but we're going to be there in a couple of weeks. And you talked about that Sunday we're leading into the NASCAR race. This is, this is another reason that I need an SR-71. So I could come here to this race and then go to Phoenix for my hometown NASCAR race that I'm going to miss because I don't have an SR-71. Get Reinhardt an SR-71. Get Joel Block. Yeah, put him in and put the block in the back of the SR-71. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll throw it out when I'm passing Kansas. It's be the light. The, uh, the arc. What a great plane. Have you seen that thing in person? Isn't there one at Pima? Yeah, there's one at the Pima Air and Space Museum down in Tucson. Yeah, it's a pretty spectacular piece of hardware. It really is. It really is. All right. We've got one more call for Reinhardt, and then we got. You're going to kick me out just because, no, no, look, the funny car champion showed up. Yeah, Let's throw yeah. Reinhardt out. Exactly. Exactly. Well, we're going to see what Cruz. Uh, Mr. Oh, that would be you, Ron. That would be you. Ron Caps has entered the building, but we're not. We're we're focused on Cruz Pedregon. Oh, there he is. Caps is in the shot. Uh, cylinder out. Well, so interesting how Lee Beard got involved with that team, and just they picked up. I don't want to say they picked up immediately, but they kind of did. No, they really did, and you know the the relationship goes back to McDonald's days. So, you know, I think Cruz felt like they were kind of stuck in a rut. And sometimes you just need a fresh set of eyes. You just need somebody to come in and go, you know, hey, look, put the square peg in the round hole over here to kind of get you pointed back in the right direction. Cruz obviously has a lot of confidence in JC because he's still there. And, you know, JC, I think, gave his complete blessing. You know, bring me in another set of experienced eyes, somebody that can help me with this. And they, they clicked pretty quickly. So there's no reason to no reason to bust up that relationship.
There you go. AR, great job. Can't wait to call a race with you this weekend. Everybody, if you haven't got your tickets already, if you're anywhere within, I don't know, 500 miles, right? You come down to Gainesville, you come be a part of this. we got the big Garlitz Hall of Fame on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Pep Boys Top Field All-Star Call-Out. We're going to set the field for the Too Fast, Too Tasty Challenge by Mission Foods. And then we're headed to your track in a couple of weeks, the final one, which I'm hoping it's not. Yeah, and uh, I'm looking forward to getting home and getting out there, too. It'll be, you know, there's a lot going on here this weekend. We're also doing a lot of uh, added value kind of things for the fans that uh, I'm not going to give everything away here, but if you come, I think you're going to get a little bit of a different vibe as we go through the weekend with some of the things, some local flavor things and some of the other stuff that we're trying to incorporate. Also, before you throw me out, I want to tell Berserko Bob thanks for uh, the lunch invitation. I was down in uh, North Palm Beach on Monday. I went down there to have lunch with a living legend, and it was very entertaining. Um, a lot of a lot of beer was drank, a lot of stories were told, and uh, it was very entertaining. So I appreciate Berserko Bob inviting me down for lunch. I hung out with Berserko one time in the tower at Palm Beach. Is there a story that you can share? No. Not even one story you could share. Unbelievable. No, but, uh, you know, if, for anybody who doesn't know, Bob Dorr was the track announcer at Englishtown in the 70s. And through a pr- pretty wild period of time, both in racing and just in society and in some of the stuff that uh, was going on, and he partook in all of it and really had, had a big time with it. So, uh, but just, uh, he's, he is still very much a character, 76 years old and still very much a character and, and you know, had lived, lived a very crazy part of the drag racing history, and it's fun sitting down and talking to him about it. Alan, thank you very much. Appreciate it. The voice of the NHRA, Alan Reinhardt, joins us each week right here on WFO Radio. We'll ask you to subscribe and click the bell and share the show and all of these different methods of pushing WFO out there. We are on location here at the Amelie Motor Oil NHRA Gator Nationals. Car on track. Simply the best. Yeah. This is Whiplash again. We got more whiplash. All right, staged up, ready to go. Let's see what happens out there on the starting line. Clean to 60 feet. There we go. 380 at 325 miles per hour. And getting a little closer here, Caps. Get a look at the screen right here. Make sure you're on there. There he is. I was wondering if you were going to be on screen or just podcast. You don't have to sit in my lap, though. I like you, Joe. He's oh, man, that's good. What's up, champ? How are you doing? Was Reinhardt this close? No. What if we do this? Buddies, this is a buddy flick. That way, I don't even have to go back. Last time, no, we were we were sharing a Jaeger bomb. Yes, that wasn't long ago. Doctor Donnie was handing them to us. Doctor Don, oh, how's he doing? Is he going to be more involved this year? He's got to show up. I forget where it was, but someone said, "Oh, Don's here." Ah, they always win when Don's here. Hagen always says that, and it was Indy that he showed up at. But he just texted me literally a few seconds ago asking about what hotel we're in Phoenix. So apparently, he's coming to Phoenix. All right, that's close. That's close. All right, so where's your head at? We breaking did a- news, Joe. Breaking news. Doctor Don, he's coming to Phoenix. All right, hide the. Uh, never mind. I'm not going to make that joke anymore. Don't hide. All right, team owner Ron Caps. What's changed at Ron Caps Motorsports in 2023 from the championship squad that uh, brought home the first back-to-back title in NHRA Funny Car since John Force ages ago? Man, uh, obviously we've talked about it. John Medlin retiring. You can't replace a John Medlin. Uh, we did move. T Buck, our car chief up, and uh, he's doing very well. We we are not running today. We ran three laps yesterday. Went three ninety three in all three of them. Um, really? Yeah. Believe it or not. Yeah. 
327 on two of them and 326 on the third one, but all 393s. And so Guido's, that's all we want to do is basically last year's car, come pull the Magwires, get down the track and not go crazy about testing a lot of stuff before we, we kick off the season. So other than that, I mean, little things we're adding, I think today it, the press release is going out where we're, we are adding champion spark plugs, which is making a, a return back into drag racing. I had them with Don Perdome years ago. Great company, a very historic, a lot of legacy with that company. Uh, I was pulling up some old posters and stuff. I had the James Dean one at home, but there's one uh, from 1936. So obviously my grandfather had a lot of that stuff where he tested the spark plugs in his garage. And so we're we're uh, we're announcing they are joining uh, our Nap Auto Care uh, team. So it's that's exciting, little things like that. But the spark plug wars in drag racing, my goodness. It's so good because this is an example for the other corporations out there. We have a legitimate spark plug war going on. I don't, I don't, I'm not going to mention the other companies right now, but they're all involved in a big way in drag racing. I like four now. Well, I don't mind mentioning, but, but it is. Yeah, we got we got one that sponsors a few races. Um, so, yeah, but but for us, it is uh, it's something that's even bigger because it's something Guido and these crew chiefs, they're all like cooks right they're like these famous cooks on these cooking shows they've all got their own ingredients their own way of making whatever that product is that soup or whatever it might be and you go out on the track and they're within hundreds of thousands of seconds with completely different parts in a way they approach things but champion is used a lot out here so to have that as a partner is going to be a lot of fun i love that you're bringing on uh, new sponsors like that's important right it's not just so let's cut out to the track Is that a funny car driver? Who yeah. was that? Oh, there it is. Runs 77 at 327. And that's how we're going to conclude our show today with Justin. So that's kind of cool. But yeah, he was all over the place. Now, didn't you say you wanted, just the other day, you said you want to drive a top fueler before it's all over. You want to go back. You said that publicly. What are you doing? I know that, but he wants to go back. Like Eventually. I don't want to not go back. I want to go back and race Antron and... Dougie and I've been trying to get Dougie to come to funny car. He, he is a Doug Coletta should be in a funny car. There's no doubt about it. If you ever watched him at Winchester and places in the midgets back on Thursday night thunder. And, um, he's a funny car guy. Um, but there, I, I would love to go back and top fuel and, and, you know, maybe late in my career and who knows, but, um, yeah, it's weird how we have all these friends and brothers and sisters out here racing each other and teammates i've had in the past and i never get to actually line up against some of them was this your most uh unlikely championship because you had a couple of championships now that they're very dramatic they're always very dramatic and this one i recall you at the sema show and you were up on the nhra stage and i was i was rolling on it and you've given this like logic about why it was possible and i remember thinking to myself yeah, he's got to say that, right? You know, he's got to convince himself of that one way, one way or another. But then it it happened. It happened pretty much as you played it out. Um, but the way it all went down, now that you've had some time to dwell on it and the back-to-back -back championships, three-time champion, how do you, you know, think about that championship? Yeah, it's kind of funny you brought that up because, yeah, you have to think that. You, because I want my crew members, I want people around me, I want my sponsors, I want um, – those people that support us to believe that we have a chance, which we mathematically had a chance. And look, when we lost early in Vegas, I went to the hotel with the family and I was trying to turn off that mode because I was not happy and tried to go have some fun with the family and that night. Um, 
And when Robert went out a little earlier than we thought he was going to win the race, um, it, it opened a, a little more of a door because we had more points in Pomona. So when somebody gave me the word, I forgot who called me, and I said, wow, it, that made it a little better. But at the same show, yeah, yeah, we got a chance. We're mathematically in it. We've seen people do it. But you're talking about the team of Jimmy Proc and Robert Hyde. So, yeah, we thought we had a chance, and we knew we had the team to do it. But you still – it's a lot of talk at that point, right? I mean, it's a lot of just PR stuff. Knowing we had the chance, but that's what makes that championship so cool. And I know, I listen, I ran into Force yesterday and he made a joke, but it certainly wasn't. There were a lot of people upset with the countdown, the way the points were. Well, let me tell you about who's the person that's lost the most championships on the last day of the season. Who would that be? By, by less than a handful of points. I guarantee I've got way more losses and way more winters that I went to bed, laid in there, waking up in the morning. Watch JR real quick here. My Toyota teammate. Nice. Good run. Ran an 88 last time. Runs a 90 right here. There was 333 last time. 332. They're on rails. Looking really good here at the start of 2023, at least in the test. Yeah, that was great. We got the new 2023 Super Body. And it's fun to trade information and talk about things. We've, we've got so much backing with all the Toyota people here. So that's that'll make them all happy. But going back to championship, listen, I, you know, the first year of the countdown, and I, I don't know, Kevin McKenna can tell me if I'm wrong, but I pretty much remember that was the first time I thought we were going to win a championship had the normal point system been in effect because we were that year leading by a lot and we had it taken away. But have you ever heard me in all those years of losing by six points or by four points or three points to Beckman, to Selzy, to Force, ever heard me complain about the countdown ever once in any of your interviews? No, because it is what it is. We all know it going in. And trust me, I to leave Pomona and wake up Monday morning after you've lost the championship by less, and you think back of so many places during that season and that countdown, that if you would have just done something a little bit different and gained an extra four or five points there, you would be a world champion. It's that little a difference. So when people start talking about somebody's not happy, I don't give a shit. I really don't. Because I've been there way more than anybody else, and I never complained about it. We're on cable. Can I say that? Yeah, he can. You're all right. Online. We're on. Up. I've been t I've been listening to it all winter long, and I'm I'm kind of tired of it now. Now it's starting to irritate me because it's like, okay, yeah, countdown, yeah. Well, especially given the unique nature that you just put out there, like you felt the pain multiple times, yeah. and what you just described, like, hey, we've got this great system, and you're finally going to win a championship under that system, and they change just when you learn the answers, they we change knew the question. Year, it was the countdown. It was a big. It was countdown of the championship. It was different format, but we knew it. Yeah. I never complained about it. I laughed about it. I mean, uh, you know, so get over it. Right. I know. I get over. It's a championship. It's a countdown. We all know it. A little, a little, a little, uh, a little aggravation there at the start of the season. A little bit. I just did two interviews on the phone leading no up to here, and it was the same questions about the countdown and people complaining about yeah, it. Yeah, but I didn't ask that. No, though. you didn't. I didn't. No. I didn't ask that question. But it, like, is this your most difficult championship or whatever? Yeah. It, but it was your original question was it was the one that we didn't expect as much. The 2016 we clinched it Saturday night. Right. I rolled in late to warm the car october was waiting on me sunday morning because we celebrated all of us did so we still wanted to win the race on sunday but it was a unique situation to claim the championship before even going to race day 
of course, last year, the year before 2021, to wait to have to win it for somebody to get knocked out. That was a little bit different, but I always wanted to pull off the Tony Schumacher or to come from behind, which which is what we did. And a lot of things had to happen, and they did. But we put ourselves in that position. So, um, yeah, it's a different championship, It's, but it's it's just as cool. Very exciting. All right, we got our top fuel world champion on track, Brittany Force. Changes at that team. Max Savage no longer uh, there. Mac is now on Force's car. Speaking of becoming a funny car guy and uh, Grubby over there kind of handling the deal. That's kind of an interesting situation. Yeah, you know, Force, they're real good about just moving people around. And that, that's one thing that's always impressed me with. Uh, he's such a motivator with people and you, you see them float around. And I, I've got a lot of them working on my car that used to work there. Obviously, T-Buck, our, our new assistant, worked on John's and Robert's heart car. Let's watch Brittany here. Nope. I knocked the belt off there. But um, so we have a lot of, of people because Guido was at Forces for so long. Um, a lot of team guys. So, yeah, you see them float around. And I mean, the big move, I think, was bigger was Cunningham. And, and just then, talking about it. That's a big deal for Chris. Huge deal for Chris. And coincidentally, his driver is going to be up next. Speaking of a prog. Yeah, we had a CHE, one of our sponsors, had a dinner at PRI. And it's it's pretty cool because all the crew chiefs have battled each other all year long. Uh, Jimmy and his wife and uh, Guido and Kelly and my wife and I, we all went to dinner. I had some dirt racing engine builders that were there. It's a great St. Elmo's dinner we do every year. Well, Jimmy brought his oldest son. And it was cool because we found out that night that they were moving people around. Cunningham was there as well at the dinner. And uh, so I was excited to hear when they finally announced it. But I thought that was cool that both Austin driving and then their their eldest son who went to NASCAR land for a while and is coming back and going to be working with Jimmy. So I thought Thomas was going to end up on Austin's car. I, I didn't so that think rumor, that rumor was out there, too. Yeah. I didn't think that it would happen the way it did. But, hey, good good luck this year. Appreciate you killing some time with me on WFO and appreciate the genuine honesty. That's what this sport needs. I just came from that pro mod race down there, you know, and 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 just like straight talk. Right. No worry about these guys or those guys or how will it affect me or anything. And, and people were really loving it. And that's what you just gave us, man. Straight well, because a lot talk. of them don't have sponsors. Some do, but well, you don't see major sponsors. So that's when we all had to sort of back up and just think a little bit more before we say certain things sometimes, right. except when we're on WFO. Exactly. We and when you become a three time champ, then suddenly you're inoculated <laughs> against all of it. That's true. Well, Sir, sometimes, you know, once you ascend to a certain level, which I believe you are now at. So speak freely, Ron Caps. Speak freely. It's called latitude, right? Yes, exactly. Thank Great you, Ron. For the day. There it is. Ron Caps, way to go. He is your reigning and back-to-back -back funny car world champion. All right, let's get Austin. The aforementioned Austin Brock coming in, as I believe. I, I, it's Antron Brown out there on the racetrack. Here's Austin. Austin coming in. AB out there on the track. So let's start where Ron left off. Chris Cunningham. South Floridian, Daryl Gwynn connection comes off your dad's car where he has been like you had to have had a great relationship with him. But that shocked me. I was like, oh, I didn't expect that. But it's actually very cool. Tell us how that all came together. And uh, we'll check out Antron as it happens. Yeah, I was actually uh, surprised as well. You know, it's pretty tough to go and break up, you know, one of the best duos in uh, drag racing for the last uh, seven or eight years. So um, 
but I'm really lucky to have Chris, uh, him and my dad, you know, they, they're on the same page. They work really well together and, uh, he's going to bring a lot of that knowledge over to our car. So I'm looking forward to it. Uh, him and Joe are already, you know, blending really well with each other. They're both laid back and, uh, you know, have good personalities. So they're enjoyable to be around, but, um, uh, you know, I'm just looking forward to get going because uh, we've had a pretty stout test session so far. Well, of course you did. Here's Antron. Clicks it coming up on the eighth mile. Of course you did after the way you finished last season with your best run, your best race, your best everything, best, best, best. Tobler goes like this. See you later. And, uh, and then Chris comes over. But to me, he's been working with your dad. Thomas goes over. I thought Thomas was going to be your guy. Yeah. Like when you were teasing us on WFO at that time, did you already know everything at that point? Uh, yeah, I knew most of it. That There was talk about putting Thomas over there. Joe would have enjoyed working with Thomas as well. Um, he's a really intelligent kid. So uh, I'm glad he's getting his opportunity as well. But him and my dad are working good together. And, uh, you know, my dad's bringing up the next generation, my brother and then Nate Hadal uh, as well. And uh, they're both really smart kids and they're going to grasp onto it pretty quick. The way you finished, and now you said you're having a stout test. So let's uh, let's start off with the test. Like how uh, you just went down a little bit right there. Uh, tell us, you know, what you've done and how you're feeling. Yeah, Ron and Joe left us with a great um, playbook to start this season with. So kudos to them. And uh, you know, we kind of we got out here a couple weeks ago and started where we left off. And uh, right out of the box, I shut it off uh, at uh, 660 feet and it went 70 flat so uh pretty stout numbers and finished the test session with a, a low 60 as well so um we come out again this week and uh struggled yesterday at our spare car out just fine-tuning everything in case of an emergency and then uh made two hits today and uh both were really good the track's hot and greasy right just went an 80 right like we yeah the track's hot and greasy right now and uh the success rate was low so we're still getting our um you know we changed some things around in the bell housing and uh we're still getting our, you know, hot track set up going, but that was a nice stout run for us. And it, it was cool because uh, we were watching you go down the track and then Austin Proc is on WFO radio. If that doesn't make you want to subscribe like immediately to this show, I don't know. I don't know what would, right? Like you were just there and now you're here. Yeah, I'm all sweaty still. Just got out of the car going 326 and uh, smoked it right back up here a little bit slower than that. But, um, you know, I'm just having a blast. I appreciate you having me on the show. And that last run, it was pretty fun to drive because uh, the track's really technical right now. So they lined me up way outside of the groove and I had to navigate it back into the center of the groove. And uh, it all went well. It's really fun when the crew chief puts a little trust in you like that. Okay, so we got the Pep Boys Top Fuel All-Star call out, right? The way you ran the second half of the season in the countdown, I think you got more points than anybody else in the countdown. And... It, you shed all of the struggles from early season. It was really a tale of yeah. two seasons. And now going into 2023, it's almost like a fresh start. Uh, we don't like to see you frustrated. We like to see you happy. We got Paul Lee out there on the racetrack. He's hopefully going to join us here in a, in a few minutes as well. But just kind of walk me through that experience and go into the offseason knowing, like, we got to where we knew we could get. Yeah, you know, it just shows the growth that the team had and, uh, you know, the growth in me as a person. You know, we had uh, a lot of uh, lows in the season and, um, you know, you got to take them. You got to take them with strides. And, uh, you know, that that was a good learning lesson for me. And, uh, you know, to always keep your head up and keep navigating. And uh, Joe and Ron, they were, you know, really good cheerleaders for that, keeping the team um, morale up and things like that, because it got ugly there for a little while. You know, everybody was beat up. This sport will do that to you. But uh, we prevailed. And, uh, you know, it shows how strong the team was. Well, wisdom. That's, that's like a wisdom. You go through an experience. You have an experience. You think, oh, man, did I handle that great or not? Or I don't know. And then you use that for the next time it comes. And you handle it in front of everyone. We were just talking to Ron, like, when you hit the car. Okay, not a good deal. But 
nobody questions how much you care. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I love this sport um, and I show my emotions. It, it you, you know, I'm really happy when the highs are high and really low when the lows are low. So uh, just trying to balance those um, that comes with age and experience, like you said, wisdom. But, uh, you know, I'm young and I'm still learning. So uh, as long as I, you know, learn from my mistakes and don't make them again, then we're doing all right. Cars, they, they don't hit back, but they can they can hurt. Gator Nationals, this event, the significance of this event, the 54th, it's just so big. It's hard to convey because there's the U.S. Nationals, obviously huge. The finals are huge. E-Town was huge back in the day. But just give me your impression of this race and, and how you've taken it in over the years. And I know your dad has had success. Uh, tell everybody out there, like, if they're picking a race to go to, maybe it's too late for this year, but this is huge. Yeah, this is a huge race. You know, this was the first racetrack to have a car go 300 miles an hour. And, uh, you know, the, the weather this weekend, it keeps heating up. It was looking cool. And uh, I thought we might see the first 300 to the eighth this weekend. It would be uh, really spectacular to do it here with Kenny doing it to the quarter mile and show how far the sports come. But um, it's always a big event. You know, we have the uh, call out, the Pet Boys call out this weekend, and that's going to add some excitement. The drivers get to call each other out and uh, add a little drama and do it. And where are you in the queue on that? In the pick, uh, I'm seventh right now, so I'll, I'll have to do my pick in uh, second round, hopefully. So um, if we keep running like we have been, I think we'll have a good shot at winning that deal. That is, see, that's awesome, and I love the the call out. Now that we saw it once, like the first time we were here, and it went one way, and then. When Robert called out Tasca at the U.S. Nationals, I think everybody just clicked. Like, that's how it should be. That's how it should be. So I wonder, you know, are you thinking you might get called out or you might like, I don't know if that would be a good call. I know. I know Brittany's not going to call you out. I know that. Yeah, I, I don't know who will call us out. You know, it's hard telling, especially being at the first race of the year. Um, and I said it the other day in one of our interviews, it's it's going to show who did their uh, homework the best over the offseason because you're dropping the door and you're racing for 80 grand. So, uh, you know, we ha we've had a little bit of test here, but still it takes a while to get in your strides. And uh, it's going to show, uh, that, you know, the crews and crew chiefs that did their homework the best. Races are one in the shop, in my opinion, and uh, that's going to be exciting for everybody. Doug Coletta on tracks, run, running the canopy this year. That's kind of cool. You've been running the canopy for years. What's your, uh, you know, we never really talk about it, but is there, Doug Coletta, I don't think he's going to have any problem switching from one to the next, but it's kind of interesting to see them do that. Yeah, Doug, he's very talented, so it ain't going to hold him back any, but uh, I love seeing that canopy on race cars. My brother Thomas uh, Proc actually designed that um, at John Force Racing, so uh, it's really cool for me to drive and uh, cool to see, you know, multiple cars out here having it now. Yeah, exactly. And, and I like the fact that we have two. Let's walk through this run. Tell me what you see. All right. Nice shallow stage. And uh, I, I've done that a few times. What you see out there, Austin? <laughs> <laughs> I saw a lot of tire smoke. Uh, if it were me driving it, I would have gave her, gave her a little bit of a rev up down there to get her off the track. But, uh, you know, that's just my personal uh, take on it. I want to, when I suck like that, I want to get out of the thing. <laughs> Blew them off, man. Blew them off, right? It's getting hot out there. Austin, thank you very much for joining us here on WFO. Good luck this season. It's going to be great. We were going up and down the points, trying to figure out who got worse. Nobody got worse. Everybody got better. Those two Coletta cars are going to be good. Everyone's going to be good. Clay, halfway through the year, it's going to be a war out there. It's got to be just so exciting to be one of the drivers, but also got to keep you on the edge. Yeah, absolutely. I love a nice, uh, stiff competition. You know, we went into last year saying the same thing and, uh, you know, I don't think we let anybody down on the competition side of things, you know, the whole class as a whole, and, uh, it's only going to get tougher this year. So, um, it's going to be great racing. It's turning into nitro pro stock. You know, you're winning races by a few thousand. You got to be on your game on the starting line. So putting a, you know, more 
um, hands-on into the driver's hands, it, it's it's definitely fun for us drivers. And uh, competition is great. It always makes you improve. All right, Austin, very good. Good luck this year. Thank you so much for joining us on the show. Yep, thank you. There he goes, Austin Prock with us here on WFO Radio. You can see track prep going on. How about that? Great stuff. Uh, amazing to be out here once again you know the off-season shows everybody i really appreciate you all for being so supportive in the off-season shows but this is so different it's so different to see cars on track and be up here at gainesville raceway and just unbelievable all right let's bring in our next guest mr justin ashley gonna be joining us did I tell you the Phillips Connect, big sponsor, WFO Radio, and here he is, Justin Ashley, for the first time in 2023. What's up, Justin? We just saw you on track. We saw Austin on track, saw you on track. Uh, tell me about that run. Refresh my memory. Yeah, so I actually just went down the track. I came directly to see you, Joe. That's how much I care about WFO. So I really got to take a look and break down the time slip, but I think we went at 377. So it's all about testing, going back, uh, looking at that data, looking about that information and just continuing to improve and get better. But overall, feel good about the results. You might not like me and I understand that, but the drivers like the show. So you should definitely click subscribe and, and, and share and uh, be a part of the WFO universe. Not for me, for them, for them. All right. Look back at last year. Like uh, they say, the sports guys, you are an athlete. You played football. You love sports. I know that. Mets fan, Jets fan, but there's a cliche that says you got to come close and lose one by a whisker to fully understand how to win one. Now, I'm sure there are examples of people who have just won their first, but you now have that experience. How does that guide you going into this year? Is it just forget about last year? Is it learn from last year? Is it in your mind? Are you just excited for a fresh start? Tell us where your head's at. Well, I think it's probably more so than anything else, a little bit of everything. Uh, I think first and foremost, we got to learn from what happened last year. I think that we don't look at it in a microscope. We look at it as a whole. And when you look at the whole season, I think we did really well. And we struggled a little bit down the stretch, and we have a lot that we can learn from, uh, a lot of different ways that we can improve. So we're going to learn from that aspect. But just the experience part of it, you can't buy experience. You can't buy time. So now heading into this year, heading into the countdown, having that experience this time around should make for a much bigger difference. So we have a lot of experienced guys on the team between Mike Green, Tommy DeLago, and all the other personnel that we have. And now that I've been through one countdown myself, I really think it's only going to make us better. Is that, uh, you know, there's some people that I don't want to talk about that. I don't want to think about that, right? I think about the run against Clay. Like, yeah. to me, the run against Clay, like, oh, that's where that was it. And they've got a new team, and they don't give a rat about what's going on with you. And they put a run out there and, and got you. Caps was just here talking about l l staying awake at night, all those championships. He lost a couple of points. Not that you're dwelling on it, but are you okay hearing about it and thinking about it? Yeah, absolutely. It really doesn't bother me, uh, to be honest with you. Look, I mean, I think that, you know, when people say, oh, you know, you don't want to hear about it or does it add any extra motivation for you? It's, well, we're always motivated. It doesn't matter. I think something's wrong if that adds extra motivation because you're always that much more motivated to win a championship, to win a race for Phillips Connect, for Toyota, for all of our partners. So that motivation stays the same. And it's in the past. I don't worry about it anymore. We're just focused on 2023 
and we have to be. The top fuel field this year is incredible. It is stacked. Last year, I said, okay, it can't get any better than this. Now, look, it continues to grow. It continues to develop. It's going to be an absolute fight from start to finish starting this weekend. Considerably better. It's amazing how the field from last year to this year has gotten better. The performance of the Coletta cars coming up. You know that's going to happen. That's going to make it a lot tougher out there. Austin, who was just here. You guys ran in a couple of finals. You find your way to the final. It's going to be vicious out there. You're great on the starting line. Actually, last year you went through, um, you got this great rep as being a lever. And then there was a period where you had kind of lost it. But then it came back. I don't necessarily want to reveal like why that happens, but that had to be an interesting like what's what's going on? Like, why can't I, I leave? And then you got it back. You figured it out just in time. Um, you feel like you got all your horses, you know, Mike Green, Tommy DeLago, all those guys. Dustin, of course, um, you've shown that you've got a horse that can win this fight. Yeah, we certainly do. It's about the team. I mean, I'm you know honored to be able to drive this car, but we have a big team. Right? It takes a group of 10 to 12 guys and girls that are able to do this in an elite and a high level. And each team is better than the next out here. But, yeah, we have the right horses. We certainly have the right team in place. These guys have won a combined numerous, numerous championships. And then you have another on the outside looking in. My father has won championships. A guy like Jim Epler, who's an indie winner before this. Um, so all of their influence all adds up to a lot of experience, a lot of wins, a lot of championships, and we definitely have the right personnel, the right people in place. So what's it going to take though? Like, are we going to see like low sixties and with the right conditions? So you have to be able to throw down. You were running so well. What is it going to take to be a consistent semifinalist and end up in that too fast, too chasty, too tasty bonus race, uh, rematch race? Like that's kind of a fun thing this year. But what what kind of performances do you believe it's going to take? Well, I think there's very little margin for error, right? As as opposed to a few years ago, you might be able to smoke the tires and get past a round or two. Well, now that might be the case, but a lot less. You're going to see that a lot less often. And in terms of performance. You're going to see mid 360s, I think, on a consistent basis, especially as we get uh, a little bit further into the year, as we head into the fall. I think that you'll see, you know, the top half of the field be 367, 368, uh, or even better, just because everyone out here can run that good and can run that fast. So I definitely, definitely think that performances from our team, but from everybody out here, are going to increase, and it's going to bring out the best in the drivers, the best in the teams, the best in the sponsors, the media, the best in everybody. You got everybody back. Like, did the whole team come back? And I know it's so tough, guys. You you got to understand, it's so hard on the crew, guys, right? And so there's always some change. But do you have everybody back? Thankfully, we have pretty much everybody back, pretty much everybody in place. The one person we're missing is Austin Arnridge, who uh, stepped aside for the year to take a little bit of a break. Right decision for him, but we were able to fill him in with another Austin. So that worked out quite well. But uh, yeah, pretty much for the most part, we're happy to have him and all of our personnel back, which in this sport is not an easy thing to do. And it's a critical, critical element to finding success. I want to mention something that I don't know that everybody saw, but I saw it and I thought it was great. And it was when, and I like to think that, uh, you know, I have the best podcast, but it's not, it's, there's so many, it's, it's different when you were on with David Tyree, yeah. he is your friend. If you're a fan of the G men, if you love him, if you're a fan of the Patriots, you're probably upset and, and angry, but this guy is a high level athlete, NFL Super Bowl winner. And he has started a show and he has started a show and he's kind of coming at it from my opinion, like performance based mental side, self-help. And you went on there, right? And you, you have a good relationship uh, that I, I don't know where it was formed, but you could tell that you guys are friends and he's curious and interested about drag racing, but knows very little. And you were in the unique situation and guys, you can go find it. It's still very 
we would call it evergreen in the sport um, because it's, you could watch this thing two years from now and it would still be good. But just talk a little bit about your relationship with David. We got to get him out to the track and showcasing what you do and trying to draw analogies to what he does. Uh, I thought it was very interesting and, and illuminating to watch you do that. And you've played football, obviously, so you've got some things. But uh, I found it to be interesting to talk a little bit about it. Yeah, it really was really interesting. You know, normally you might have an opportunity to speak with someone who's interested but not familiar with drag racing, but normally not someone who's an elite-level athlete. I mean, David is a great guy. He's a successful businessman, but he was also very successful as an athlete. He had probably the greatest catch in Super Bowl history, maybe one of the greatest catches in NFL history. So to be able to sit there and draw comparisons to NHRA drag racing from NFL football was really a great experience, and there are plenty of comparisons. It takes a team. It takes a strategy. It takes each and every person out there focused solely on doing their job the very best that they can to find success. And obviously, we have 11,000 horsepower. This is different than any other sport, but there are a lot of comparisons that you can draw. And I think for a lot of people out there, we'd love to see David. We'd love to see his family uh, come out to an NHRA event and experience it himself. So, David, what's the plan, man? We got to get you. We're waiting, we're waiting for you, David. We are waiting for you. But he sounded interested, though. Sometimes there's lip service like, yeah, yeah, you know, I'll go. Uh, once we get them here, whoever this person is we're talking about rhetorically, but it's that one time, like to get, get to the city we're in, to get to the racetrack in the morning, to be a part of the team. But uh, I think he's the kind of guy that once he sees this or comes and hangs out with you, it's over. He's hooked. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I also think he's the type of guy that's going to be hooked. He's an adrenaline junkie, right? He loved playing at an elite level. So anybody who comes out to watch an NHRA drag race, Tony Stewart said it, right? I mean, it is an incredible experience. You could watch it on TV. It's awesome to watch it on Fox, but it's a sensory experience. So for David, for all the fans out there, once you come, you are absolutely hooked. And I know that David himself and his family will absolutely love it. Robert Height on track. Walk us through what you see out there, Justin. Well, we, uh, the first thing I see as he's getting ready to stage is a new body, right, in that, uh, in that flavor pack car. So that's a little bit of a, uh, a unique thing. We're used to seeing Robert in that AAA, AAA body. So let's see what happens here and smoke, right? So it could just be a case scenario of overpowering the racetrack, and that's probably what it was. And, and in a situation like this, it's not always bad, right? You're trying to do the very best that you can to push the limits and see how far you can push it. So even from a run like that, he only made it maybe 100, 150 feet out, if that but they're able to learn from it and take that information. And that's really what testing's about. So I'm sure Jimmy and the guys over there have plenty to look at. Okay. The top fuel all-star call out. What's the status? So it'll be fun, right? It'll be exciting. There's a lot of energy and excitement around it. What's unique about this year is that not only is it at the opening race, but we, when we're picking people, we really have no idea of how good or how bad people are running at this point in time, because last year's revisionist history. So, I mean, are you going to base it off of testing? Are you going to base it off Friday and run? So it's definitely for us going to be a team decision. Um, we've, Where are you in the queue? We are three. So okay. if Brittany or Steve doesn't call us out, we're going to have an opportunity to call someone out. So we've put a decent amount of thought into it. I've put a decent amount of thought into it, but ultimately it's going to be up to Mike Green, Tommy DeLago and the whole team to make what they believe is the right decisions. I do have a few names in mind. I won't share them, uh, but it's nothing personal. Maybe, maybe a little personal, but we we'll, like uh, personal. We yeah, like personal just slightly, just slightly, but uh, yeah, it, it'll be a fun deal. You know, pet boys did an awesome job of putting this on for everybody out here. So I like it. It's a different format. I like the call out format, especially for a specialty event. So uh, grateful to be able to compete in an event like this against the best in the world. All right, Justin, thank you very much for making the time. Appreciate you. Good luck all year long. And thanks, of course, Phillips Connect, and you guys are supporters of the show. Hang with your dad now in Fort Lauderdale. It's kind of a I cool know. thing. I know. It is cool. He uh, he loves Fort Lauderdale. He's in Fort Lauderdale now, 
is going to make the trip for uh, for the race. Very smart. Yes. Go WFO. Appreciate it, guys. Thank you, Justin. Appreciate it. Justin Ashley with us here on WFO Radio on location, Gainesville Raceway. All right, let's see what people got to say out there. Let's get some. You guys, I told you to stop commenting, and you stopped. Like that was really cool, guys. We got Paul Lee is supposed to join us. Let's see. But let's get your comments in the comment section, guys. Stan Mercier is up there. Let's see. See everyone tomorrow for day one of the 2023 Gator Nationals. Yeah, Hardcore Thursday and the big Garlitz deal tomorrow night. Going to be awesome. Are they running the full 1320 instead of the 1,000-foot mark? No, they're running to the 1,000-foot mark. Uh, pretty interesting. Monica says, so excited to see this season get started. I totally agree. And um, smart move by the NHRA to allow testing going on all this season. Let's check out Factory Showdown down there. Now, a lot of these factory stock cars were down at Bradenton at the World Series of Pro Mod. There were several of them there. Some were running in comp here. That's Doug Hamm. Able to get clean through 60 feet, getting out towards the left-hand side, but he's good. 658 at 160. That is the 1,000-foot time for factory showdown. 1,000-foot time. You know, maybe 790, 780. Something like that. This is a good time for me to tell you about Marvin Rodak and RodaksCoffeeAndGrills.com. Guys, this show doesn't happen by accident. I ran into a guy. His name was Stan. Stan's from England. And Stan is like, Joe, I used to listen to the show back in the day, man. It was so great. And I love the show. And I love you. And it's great. But, you know, the sponsors, the show got a little corporate is what he said. And I was like, Stan, how am I supposed to live? Like, honestly, like, I got to have sponsors. How am I supposed to live? Like, I can't just do everything for, without a sponsor. I mean, I guess, and we do have our great Patreon club, but Marvin Rodak has been there since day one, 817-924-6821, RodaksCoffeeAndGrills.com, the hot sauces and the spice rubs. It's so good, so much great stuff down there in Fort Worth, Texas. Call Marvin, try the coffee, and then you'll be hooked. You'll love it for life. And Frank Hawley's Drag Racing School. They are located right around Gainesville, Florida, the Dragster Adventure, a great way for you to drive a dragster out there at the Dragster Adventure. Courses start at like, 400 bucks, right in the neighborhood of $400. And you're driving a dragster and understanding what it's like, the great experience. Oh, look at that. There's lunch. Great experience uh, at Frank Hawley's. And hopefully we'll see Frank this weekend, frankhawley.com. And then, of course, there's samtech.edu, the School of Automotive Machinists and Technology. This is a different kind of sponsor, guys. Like, it's a school. Stan, you don't want me to get the next generation of mechanics and engine builders and machinists? You don't want me to, like, connect with them and get them? Come on, Stan. All right, I'm attacking Stan. Stan is now a straw man for, for anybody who is against uh, the idea of sponsorship. No, man, we've got to put the next generation of young people together with however they're going to get their education. They're approved to train vet veterans under the GI Bill. Talking about samtech.edu, but I'm just kidding with my buddy Stan who is out there who may or may not be listening. And, of course, tonight, Bernie's Speed Shop, 6 p.m. Ocala, Florida. It's like 10 minutes from Garlitz. Anybody that goes up and down the turnpike knows that Big Daddy Don Garlitz Museum of Drag Racing is right off the highway. Can you imagine if it wasn't right off the highway? They're killing it over there. Garlitz inducted Daryl Gwynn into the Motorsports Hall of Fame of America. Tomorrow night here at Gainesville, John Force is going into the Big Daddy Don Garlitz International Drag Racing Hall of Fame. They're both on the same week, which is just amazing. But tonight, Josh Hart at Bernie's is throwing a mega rager, man. It's going to be like Project X. It's going to be out of control. We're going to have a great time. There's going to be food. There's going to be fireworks. There's going to be fun. And if you're on your way north, 
or you're here at the track, it's 50 minutes to go be a part of this fan fest. You know, the state of Florida is big. That's burnings.com. Of course, Phillips hyphen connect. Just heard from Justin Ashley. They've got Mr. Epler and the whole team there with the smart trailer technology, FTI performance transmissions and torque converters, FTI.com and go to FTIPerformance.com and uh, power glides transmissions for pro mods, top sportsman, top dragster, monster trucks, mega trucks. Here's the deal. If you make huge horsepower, and you need a consistent and reliable transmission. That is where FTI really excels. And they're going to be announcing this weekend a FTI challenge, like a bonus race in FuelTech Pro Mod that is going to happen throughout the race and qualifying, which is going to pay a little extra money to those Pro Mod racers. You know, the Pro Mod racers, take a second, since we got FTI up there and they're involved in Pro Mod, think about all the benefits that Pro Mod has received in the past couple of you know months right? One, they're going to be on the Fox TV show. We're going to be on Fox broadcast network on Sunday, right before the big NASCAR race leading into NASCAR. So you're going to have a whole afternoon of motorsports on big Fox Gator nationals followed by NASCAR, right? Pro mod is going to be part of the big show. Pro mod has a countdown. Now there's a 10 race season, six races, regular season, four race countdown. That's going to be cool. They got the FTI challenge. There's just so many things going into pro mod. People are investing in all of our categories. Super exciting. A uh, competition eliminator has got their own showcase. Thanks to Roger Brogdon. They're going to be a, do a big bonus challenge out there at the U S nationals, which is going to be cool. Um, great time to be involved in NHRA drag racing. And yes, I know there was a time where people were like, Oh, you know, they need to do more. They're doing more. And that's what I think is so important is that you got to give credit where credit is due. People said to do more NHRA is doing more bringing in sponsors, coming up with partnerships, whether you're getting exposure, you're getting on TV or whether you're getting, whether you're getting extra money, mission foods, too fast, too tasty, too tasty. I, I'm, I'm struggling to say it. I don't know why. Probably because I haven't had a sip of water in about four hours. That's okay. Let's see what's going on out on the racetrack. Factory stock showdown. Flex jet. Factory stock showdown. Ongoing. WFO merch is on sale, guys. It is on sale. Like, I don't put it on sale. Like, it's always on sale, but it's discounted. That's the thing. Like, you can get a shirt for, like, $16. Let's watch this Mustang. Really don't have driver information just yet. But the factory stockers, Flex Jet Factory Stock Showdown Machine. They were running 770s in Bradenton. Now, I don't know if they were strictly teched with NHRA tech wheels up, wheels up, wheels up. Oh my goodness. All right. You're done, man. You're done. You don't have to get back on it. That was a wheel stand. That was 300 feet. No doubt. 300 feet wheel stand. How great is that? We should do the show every week live from a drag race. All right. Let's see what some of the comments are. So I was scheduled to be wrapping up right around now, but I know Paul Lee was going to come up. And so I'm ho hoping for, for, Paul, let's see. Here are some of the Jaeger bombs. Yeah, we've done, I've done Jaeger bombs with Ron Caps. It's fun. Scott Malpass, let's pick a Rick. Maddie's out there. What's up, Maddie? How you doing? Dujanay, Ron ain't telling any lies. That was interesting. Ron Caps got a little heated. Got a little heated. Rightfully so, I think. Rightfully so. Was that Powick? That might have been David Davies. 
Oh, Chazen. All right, Dennis Chazen out there. Dujanay, Ron ain't telling any lies. He had lost more championships because of the countdown than anyone. See, I don't like to say because of the countdown. That's not because of the countdown, because somebody got more points in the rules that we had agreed upon. But that was Ron's point. But what I like is that we're starting the season off with a little, little friction. Like the air is not totally clear. There's a little something like the off season was spent with some people complaining, like, or, well, who's he talking about? Is he talking about the media? The media asked him, who's he talking about? Is it, uh, you know, racers? Who's he like Forrest joked with him? The air isn't completely clear. It's not completely a fresh start. Ooh, interesting. Earl Nichols out there. I was there with Bobby Ciccone at Indy Thursday Night Thunder running with Doug. That's very cool, Earl. Does Ron think he'll do the March meet again? That would have been great for me to ask him when he was here. Too bad. And HRA should go back to the old point system, says Keith. I disagree, Keith. I disagree. Why do you think? Let's let's do this exercise. So I just got into a, uh, I won't call it a heated debate, but a little guy wrote me an email and I wrote him an email back and he was talking about the point, the, the cost of tickets. And he was saying that I don't come from a regular family, so I don't know what it's like. And then I looked around and I thought, no, man, this guy doesn't know me at all. Um, we were talking about the cost of tickets. He's saying that a ticket should be $30. Meanwhile, it was $40 in like, you know, 2010. So I don't know what he's talking about, but look at ProMod last year. People stopped coming. Championship was over. They knew they didn't have a chance. So they went and did other things. And I think you would definitely see that if we went back to the old point system. And here's the thing about ideas. Everyone can vocalize an idea. You can say, like, this is my idea. And that's great. And it's encouraged. That's why we have shows like this. But the second we use the idea, and the idea turns out to be awful, and it does damage, the person who came up with the idea is going to disappear. Or they were going to attack the idea that they came up with and say that it's wrong and come up with a new idea. There's no accountability. Like, to just float an idea, like, go back to the old point system. Then we will have champions probably decided five races to go, six races to go, seven races to go. And then teams will be like, well, it doesn't matter. Let's park the cars. Well, let's get ready for next year. Save money. No reason to be there. And then the second it happened, the person who comes up with the idea would, where would they, where are they guys? What kind of responsibility? How do we hold them accountable? You can't, there's nothing you can do to that person for coming up with an awful idea that killed the sport. And in this gentleman, he's like, slow the cars down, go back to 1320, run in the fours at 300 miles an hour. Uh, it, and to me, that kills the sport of drag racing because of the 40,000 people that are going to be here this weekend. The first time that a pair of Tom Fuelers rolled to the starting line and smashed the gas and they don't feel the feeling that they've been feeling for the past six years and it's weaker and less, they're going to leave the grandstands in mass and they're going to go home and they're going to complain and they're never going to remember that they asked for it. And so I think that's flat wrong. I think we're on the right track. I think we've got the best, most competitive fields we've ever had ever as indicated by the drivers who are just here on the show. And that drag racing is in a spot that is better than ever right now. There has never been a better time. Like look what has just happened here in the last two weeks. We're getting ready for a premier race, the Emily Motor Oil NHRA Gator Nationals, which will probably be very well attended. 
Will it be sold out? Will it be a madhouse? We're just going to have to wait and see. But coming in off the Pro Mod race down there in Bradenton, the World Series of Pro Mod, where they had a huge crowd. They had NMCA in Orlando. You have Sick Week, Dragon Drive, nonstop successful drag racing events happening all over the place. The Snowbird Nationals, U.S. Street, Bakersfield. I saw photographs from Bakersfield from the March meet that were amazing. It was 10 deep at the rail. Now the track holds like 7,000 people. Okay, whatever. Capacity. So why are we wasting our time thinking of like, oh, you know, we need to go back to anything. No, we don't. No, we don't. We are on the right track. We are on the right track. We're going to be on Fox Broadcast Network. That's my thought. Okay. And, you know, Ron, he's like, you know, he gave me the okay to be angry at people. Just kidding. Vic, Vic is out there. Hall of Famer. Speaking of Hall of Famers, looking forward to catching up with you Friday through Sunday. Thank you, Vic. Super excited. Roger Richards. Hopefully he's headed here. I haven't seen Roger in a, a while. Let's see. One thing that you want to get achieved in 2023 for Austin Proc. Well, obviously win races, right? Waiting on a road call. If we had Phillips connect, they'd already know that the tire was flat before I went to pick up the trailer. Way to go, Derek. That is an excellent point. Pickle Rick asks how I'm not sunburnt from being out in the blazing sun for three days last Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And the answer is there's this, there's this amazing product. It's called sunblock and I use it. You want to know which sunblock I use? I use the Neutrogena 70 on my face. That's right. 70 Bradenton to Ocala to Gainesville. Best week ever. Absolutely. Lauren. Amazing. Deepenhawk says go WFO. I'm getting through all the things. Here's the deal. I don't, you know, I asked Paul Lee to come up. He just went on the racetrack. Let me text him. I'll text him on the air. Right? No. Yes. Come. Come now. Come to the tower now. And that was only three minutes ago. So, yeah, I'll stall. I love stalling on the air. Hi, Joe. Big fan. Keep up the great work. Can you ask the DJ from the NHRA TV? To dress up like a gator for the whole weekend will be awesome for the fans. Detail guy, 317. Genius. Z, this is open forum. We had some bad ideas, and we just had a great idea. Jason Logan dressed as a gator. Is it possible? Can anyone out there? Like, Reinhardt needs an SR-71. I need a Pontiac block. And we need an alligator costume. Somebody make it happen. 2X. Just saying. Thanks for doing the show live at the track. Cool stuff. Lauren says they're on their way. That's right. We need you guys to share the show. Scott, if he was sunbird, I don't think the outline of the microphone on your face would be uh, very attractive. Yeah. The humor. Look at this guy. Look at this guy. Paul Lee with us. And we got funny cars on track. So your job is to like tell us what you see when the funny cars go down the racetrack. But uh, you puff the tires around half track. I recall. Yeah, the first run was really good run. Ran uh, 395, 321. Good run. So we we're just trying to run a little faster and uh, try our tune up at least didn't hold it. I mean, the track can hold it. It was just our tune up didn't hold it. So yeah, it smoked the tires about 300 feet. But isn't that what we're here to do to learn that and like go through that process? So what do you do in that situation? Is it about less clutch? Is it about pull timing out? What happens? Yep. <laughs> Both of those. Pull, yeah. A little less clutch, a little less timing. Yeah. You got it right. And uh, so, you know, we know we were looking for for uh, and that's it for us for the day, you know, for the week. So 
we're, we'll be ready for Friday. I'm excited. Got the FTI colors. We got Timmy the Tiger out there on the racetrack. That's kind of interesting. How'd you keep up with the storylines during the winter break, right? Like all the maneuvering and things going on. This was one of our big off-season stories. Yeah, it was. And uh, I didn't really, uh, I, I mean, I heard rumors about it, but you know, you hear rumors. It's a small world, drag racing. And you hear things and uh, you don't really know anything until it actually comes true. It's one of those things. Don't believe it till you see it. Right. So Tim Wilkerson on track. All right. You've been in the situation. What's going on in the cockpit of that race car right now, Paulie? Oh, he's uh, in race mode. He's going to he's he's, he's going to act like just as like this was a race, except for there's no one in the other lane. He has a single, but he's going to try to cut a good light, try to keep it in the groove and try to make his best run he can. Here we go. Drifted a little left, brought it back to the center, puffed the tires coming up on the eighth mile. Yeah, it's kind of a good seat up here. You can actually see exactly where he went. You can see the trail of tires. You can see where he went left. He brought it back back to the right, and then right around half track, it uh, looks like he uh, went up in smoke. Yeah, exactly. What does that feel like? I would imagine it raises you up in the car. Well, what happens is uh, right before it does that, it actually shakes the car pretty hard. It chatters the tires. So right when you feel that chattering, tire smoke is next so most of the time you know when it starts chattering you know it's going to smoke the tire so you pretty much just lift when you feel the chatter let's talk about your team all right so last year was a big year you're going to run the full year came out of the box stumbled a bit reassessed brought together a new young fresh team and they went to work and you made great progress and so at the end of last year, you, you know, you're, I would, I would say you're a little behind where you wanted to be, but you had to go on that journey to get where you are now. So give me your assessment of yourself. Well, yeah, I mean, we were running the five disc clutch for the last four years and, uh, basically the way the NHRA preps, uh, preps the track now, uh, the five discs just won't hold. I mean, if you want to run eighties, if you want to win and compete to, and you have to run mid eighties, the way that the prep. Uh, track prep is now it's not going to hold uh so we had to go to the six disc clutch and and that's actually i actually wanted to run the six disc earlier but there was reasons why we went to the five because we were working with ron tobler and he's a world champion and and uh, he knows how to, to run that five disc clutch but but and at the time that won the world championship and you bought the car that won the world championship so it's just the reality it wasn't that it was bad it was just different yeah yeah it's different actually we have that car uh, the championship car, the, the one that Tobler had, it's our car that we're running right now. We just had it front half at DSR this year. So it's a brand new chassis, you know, as you know, when you get a new front half, it's like having a new car, but um, yeah, the times have changed. And uh, if you could, you can run nineties, no problem with the five disc, but if you want to compete for wins, you got to run the six disc. And luckily enough, John force racing was uh, kind enough to help us out. And we bought all brand new six disc clutch trust uh, from JFR and they gave us a baseline tune up and that's where we're working from. Tremendous. And uh, nobody, I don't want to say nobody, but the five discs, who's got one now? I don't think, I can't think of someone. Well, not anybody that runs in the 80s. I mean, it just it, the, the track would just won't hold it. It rips the clutch right out of it. I mean, the tire, the track is so good that the tires grab, something has to give, and it's the clutch. And it just rips the clutch right out of it. We pretty much blew the clutch out of almost every run uh, last year. So, I mean, it, it was inevitable. We just tried to get through the year. And in the offseason, we knew we were going to make this change. Dustin Heim, Jason Bunker, both relatively young guys. Not young, young. They're not like 20. But in their crew chief life, they both have had great experience, though, and they both come from different areas. So talk a little bit about the team and how uh, those guys came together and the chemistry and how you worked. And, and you've got a great marketing program with Steve Cole going on. There's like a lot going on behind the scenes that I don't know everybody knows and appreciates. But you're, you're forging something that when things gel – 
there's too much experience to have it not be a good thing. Well, it's like any business, uh, what you're building a business and that's what this race team is. It's a business. Let's face it. We're not out here just to have fun, go down the track. We're here to build a program for the future. That's what we bought on, you know, Dustin Heim, who was very experienced, uh, Ron Tobler's assistant for many, many years, very experienced guy, uh, Jason Bunker. He's, they're both, up, uh, have never been crew chiefs before, but I gave them their chance. I'm giving them their chance. And I, I truly believe they have the talent to do it. Someone has to give them a chance, right? So it's someone there. has to give young people a chance. Otherwise you'll have a, you'll have a brain drain when the older folks retire and they don't want to do it anymore. You won't have anyone who has any experience. And we kind of experienced that. I was just going to say what you beat me to it. We have that now, basically. I mean, there's a handful of crew chiefs, right? And uh, th let's face it, this is a mechanical sport. If you don't have, you know, your crew chiefs uh, making a good race car, doesn't matter how good of a driver you are. You're not going to win without a good car, but, um, you know, in drag racing, that's the way it is. But yeah, the, giving those guys a chance, we got some very experienced guys. Uh, Seth Randall is a very experienced uh, car chief. Uh, Steve Cole, a very experienced marketing uh, marketing uh, manager. Uh, he's doing a great job. Krista Baldwin is our top fuel teammate. And all those together, we're building for the future. We want to build a, a race team that can compete for wins. That's our goal. I, lo I love that idea. This weekend, you'll be flying the FTI performance colors. The car looks great. Transmission company, we were just talking about them. Very big in Pro Mod. Got a big announcement this weekend how uh, FTI Challenge, I believe it is called. Um, the, the rules, it's like reaction time and elapsed time. There's a whole thing. I'm not exactly up on it, and maybe you are, maybe you're not. But we're going to know by the time we start the race here this weekend. But investing in those cars, dot .90, big money bracket racing. This company, FTI, you bought it a couple of years ago, but they have rocketed to the front of this uh, area, a very specialty, specialized business, transmissions. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, torque converters, uh, uh, racing transmissions and torque converters. 95% of our Business is the the bracket racer. The guys out here racing super comp, you know, super gas, uh, pro mods, pro mod, you know, half of the pro mod fields ha ha runs FTI. Even if they don't have a sticker, a lot of these guys don't want other people to know what they're running. So uh, we know who they are and uh, we have a lot of cars out there and, and especially FTI performance about two hours from here in the land. So we have a big Florida presence here. So this is like home race for FTI. So we want to make a big presence, run the FTI funny car, uh, you know, support the pro mod races who support us. You know, we like giving back to the racers. Excellent. Last weekend I was out and saw the other side of it. Like you, you got to think about the driveline, right? McLeod clutches, FTI. What is it about that? Is that just random business opportunities in the driveline or you got to think for that? No, it's our core competency, which means it's our specialty. Um, you know, we started with McLeod clutches, which is manual transmissions and clutches. And then we expanded into uh, automatic transmissions, torque converters. And we also have Silver Sport Transmissions, which provides all Tremec transmission kits for the hot rider and muscle car guy. So we, our goal is to become a, 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 um, a driveline specialist. You know, there's a lot of conglomerates like Holly and, and uh, race winning brands. They're out there buying all kinds of companies. But we stick with what we know best is driveline. Our goal is to be, you know, whatever driveline need you have, you can come to us. That is exciting. All right, let's talk a little bit about this Too Fast, Too Tasty challenge that's happening this year because I, I think everyone has always asked for more opportunity, more money, and more excitement, and that's what this is going to do. It's going to, if like if you make it to the semifinals here at the Gator Nationals and go to Phoenix, you will re-race your opponent that you ran at the Gator Nationals for money, but also for points after the cutoff of the countdown next year. I, I think the fans, like, I don't know if they fully understand how significant each one of those races is going to be. What is your take of the whole program? 
<laughs> I think it's a great idea. I don't know who came up with it, but uh, it's really smart because it gives a lot more meaning to Saturday. Okay, you know, if, you know, we have Friday, Saturday qualifying, but on Saturday, it's it's like having another race. I I think it's a brilliant idea. I love it. I can't wait. Yeah, it's going to be uh, the Saturday is always a good crowd anyway, but just the cars going down the racetrack, right? And I, I would always tell people. There's this thing about like, well, I want to see all the cars. I don't want to see, uh, you know, the cars after people have gone home. I want to see all the cars. Well, now you get to see all the cars and you get to see elimination racing. That's absolutely right. I mean, uh, Saturday is going to be a redo from the previous race. Uh, I'm excited. I, I hope to make a few of those. Well, I think you will. And that's why I bring it up. I think. And, and that brings us to, you know, goals for the season. You know, you have to set goals. That's important. And, you know, we want to win. Yes, I know you want to win. But what is what is like uh, realistic goals for the season that would make you feel happy if we're talking here at the Auto Club Finals at In-N-Out Burger Raceway? Yeah, well, and I saw In-N-Out Burger Finals. Well, I mean, in 2020, we finished number nine. So we were in the top 10. That was a good goal. Now we're re re we're doing that goal. We made a lot of investment. We, we got, like I said previously, a front half car. We bought two brand new uh, late model Dodge Charger bodies. So we have the latest bodies. And of course, like I mentioned, the aforementioned six disc clutch setup. So we made a lot of changes and a lot of money invested, you know, into people and you know, your business is your people. So, I mean, to get to your question, my goal is to finish in the top 10 and to at least win a race. That's 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 a that's a that's a goal that uh, I think is realistic. And uh, that's what we're shooting for. Win a race and try to finish in the top 10. I agree. I like that. I think it's very realistic. And and the thing is coming together. It doesn't come together automatically. And that's the struggle with drag racing. It always takes longer than you'd expect. Yeah, it's been uh, 40 years. So <laughs> it's been a long time. I mean, I've been doing this since uh, 1988. I've been driving alcohol funny cars. And and it's, it's been my goal is to win races, you know, to try to compete for a championship someday. But one step at a time. Let's try to win a race and finish in the top 10 and go from there. So Garlitz Hall of Fame is tomorrow night. Uh, your Jersey guy, Nap Family going into the hall i would love for you know you mentioned you've been driving alcohol funny cars all these years i know there's a lot of experience at e-town we're all very sad about that but the nap family is going in richard and Vinny, as leah and her sublime dragster burns out across the starting line but just talk a little bit about e-town and the nap family and and how that facility and their creation is one of the reasons you're sitting here right now what well, is the reason I'm sitting here right now? I mean, I grew up in, in New Jersey. I grew up going to the summer nationals since I was in seventh grade. I didn't miss the summer nationals from the time I was in seventh grade. Um, I mean, that's my it's my hollowed ground. It's like when I used to go there and pull into the front gate there, I would get goosebumps. And I even get goosebumps thinking about it. I just love that place. It was my home. And uh, it's heartbreaking for a lot of guys from the Northeast that they took that away from us. But that was like that was my home, man. I, I I always dreamed of building a house across the street someday, you know, from the track and and living across the street from there. That's how much it meant to me. I mean, that's where I got my license. I got my super pro license there. I got my top alcohol funny car license there. And uh, so I have I have more laps probably at English Town. Of course, I raced super pro there for many, many years before I even raced alcohol funny cars. So I have more laps still at that track than any other track. So, yeah, I, I miss it a lot. Yeah, me too. Me too. Paul, thank you very much. Let's uh, walk us through this run as Leah goes down the track yeah well she's going to try to cut a light uh obviously she's she's getting ready for race day oh yeah she blew the tires off right out there but yeah she was uh, right on the tree i mean that's what she's shooting for i mean a driver when you're going out there in these practice sessions you're still trying to hit the tree you're trying to you know get in a routine for a race day you know we've had a long off season so you're just getting back in the groove 
like it. I like it. Paul, thank you very much. Appreciate you. Thank you for supporting WFO Radio, by the way, with FTI. And, uh, you know, obviously, fair disclosure, uh, you know, I love telling the story about FTI performance transmissions and torque converters because, uh, you know, Paul is the owner and is supporting the show. So thank you for that. Thanks for having me. It's good to see you, Joe. Yeah. Thanks. Uh, hope, everybody, hope to see everybody uh, this weekend at the Gator Nationals. We're going to come on out. All right. Uh, sit, uh, sit tight for a second. Mm -hmm. I'm going to wrap up the show. And then I got I got to tell you a little about something, okay. something that you might be interested in. Guys, that's going to do it. Uh, appreciate all you folks out there. If you're listening on the audio-only podcast, thank you very much. Subscribe. Click the bell. We are going to have ourselves a great weekend out here at Gainesville. And we are hoping to have an amazing experience. So if you're anywhere near Gainesville Raceway, we want you to come on out. But that's going to do it on location here at Gainesville Raceway. Remember, WFO Merch, fire shirt on sale. It's all on sale right now. You can pick it up. You can join our Patreon Listeners Club. You can just wait till the day you need a performance racing transmission and then call these guys. But those are all great ways to support WFO. All right, guys, that's going to do it. We'll see you next time right here on WFO Radio, and we'll leave you off with a little view of the track. Thank you so much, WFO. We'll see you this weekend.